Welcome to the SEO Freelancer Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Leroy. This month, I'm sharing with you a conversation I had with Ryan Dranny, who made over 40,000 pounds per month and is still considering the opportunity of going back to work nine to five. Before we jump into this interview, I want to take a moment and discuss this month's sponsor, SEORadar.com. We all know how many clients end up making changes that are bad for SEO without them talking to SEOs first. SEO Radar puts you back in control of your client's issues. Whether it's weird rendering issues that crop up or a content editor that changes titles that have been optimized for Google, SEO Radar's alert will help you stay on top of what's changing. Get alerts via Slack, email, or text message. And when that bad alert hits, you'll have full HTML archives and screenshots to easily revert quickly. Get started today with SEO Radar at seoradar.com. Thank you again to our sponsor, and let's jump into this month's episode. Hey, Ryan, yeah. how's it going? Hey, Nick, it's going good, man. I'm, I'm happy to be here. How are you? Yeah, thank you so much for joining us on this month's SEO Freelancer. Very excited to talk to you. No, no I'm really, really excited. So for everyone listening here, this month we're talking to Ryan Durrani, uh, and he is roughly making you know forty thousand pounds a month freelancing full time. But the twist is, he's still considering going back to nine to five. So I'm super excited to talk to him about this. I want to understand you know what's going really well, you know what's not going well, and why somebody who's having so much success would still think it's amazing, you know, to potentially go back to the nine to five world. So. <laughs> Again, Ryan, thanks for joining. Do you mind for the audience here just giving us a little bit of an introduction? You know, who are you? What do you do? How long have you been doing SEO? Yeah, 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 sure. Um, so for those of you who don't know me, um, which is probably everyone, um, my name is Ryan Durrani. I've been doing SEO now for close to 10 years um, in some description. So I've kind of gone through the the mill so i started off in-house uh, at an insurance company some time ago um and then i transitioned into agency life where i started off at kind of like a, a, a seo lead level working with smaller budgets smaller companies and that gradually progressed and i started to run campaigns for some of the bigger kind of uh, international brands looking at kind of six figure per month budgets um, for a couple of years, which kind of gave me the, the all-rounder perspective behind SEO campaigns and, and bigger budget campaigns. And for the last two years, I've been, well, just short of two years, actually, I've been running my own solo consultancy and it's been a whirlwind and I'm, I'm really happy to kind of dig into that with you guys today and, and kind of share my experience with it. That's super exciting. So I think the one question that everybody loves from this podcast so far is I always ask everybody how they start their career. So I appreciate that you volunteered that in-house position, you know, in insurance. But the magical question, if you don't mind sharing, what was your first salary? Uh, my first salary. Um, so my first at the insurance company, it was the insurance company. So it was 32,000 pounds. Okay. And so just for comparison, as people have heard, I made $32,000 back about similar time. It'd be 2008, nine for me, I guess a couple of years later for you. Yeah. But if we were to assume the, uh, what do they say? Just the comparison between a pound and dollar, you're probably making just a little bit more than I was. 
just a little bit. I think maybe it was maybe it would be 37, 38. Sure. Obviously, you know, rolling in the dough, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Breaded to the eyes. Yep. <laughs> it's something exciting though. I don't know. At least when you're going through school and you graduate. I still remember to this day my very first paycheck from this job was one thousand one hundred and eleven dollars and change. And I spent it actually on a big screen TV because somebody <laughs> had told me once that you should spend your very first paycheck because it's the richest you feel like you'll ever be and with the least amount of responsibilities. <laughs> That's do you know what? That's entirely true. Um, same for me. Like my first my first ever pay was um I was 18 or 17 and the first month's wage I ever received, I think it was about 800 pound. So like not a lot of money in the grand scheme of things, but at 18 years old, I was so excited. I'm like, <laughs> I can put petrol in my car. I can go out to eat. Like it was so cool back then. So much better than, you know, prior to my full-time experience, you know, basically working minimum wage, you know, where I was <laughs> trying to be able to get enough money to see the movies. And like you said, throw a little gas in the car yeah yeah <laughs> uh, so walk us so you walked us through a little bit your your career but can you tell us a little bit more about the last full-time job you had if you feel comfortable you know mm -hmm. what the difference was in salary from when you had started and when you had left and then um just tell us maybe a little bit more about what encouraged you to go freelance yeah sure so yeah um so it's actually quite a quite an unusual uh, journey for me so the insurance company i started at where i had little to no experience um i kind of like to be honest i kind of um <laughs> talked my way into that job like i had read a lot about seo but i had never done anything in practice and i wrangled my way into that job somehow but when i joined the agency at that point i had two years under my belt um and I had ranked a couple of local sites by myself. Um, but to actually join that agency because I wanted the experience and to work with these different clients, I actually took a pay cut. So I joined the agency, which was my last time, uh, my last full time role. And my salary, if I remember, was 28. So I joined at 28,000. So I took a 4,000 pound pay cut to join. And that was genuinely because I loved the agency that I wanted to to go and work for. And I was willing to take the pay cut to do that. Sure. Um, and the journey from that point was, you know, I learned so much so fast in kind of six months. And again, I'm, I'll be super honest, like the pay jump after that six month period wasn't high. It took me to it took me to thirty three thousand pounds. And I was a senior SEO lead at that point, managing like millions of pounds of budget. So, um, yeah, that that transition or that progression kind of seems backward in that sense financially. Um, but I think what kind of prompted me to to go freelance from that point is obviously financially I was in a position where I just knew I was never going to earn the kind of money that I wanted to. And I had learned so much and had, you know, a few successes under my belt that I felt comfortable and confident enough to go out and try doing it myself. Wow, I, that's really impressive. So there's two things that I want to cover here. So one, you not only took a pay cut, but when you went freelance, you are now making what you did annually 
per month. Yep. So that is crazy, and, and congratulations. That's a fantastic <laughs> feat. But what I want to spend more time talking about is an issue I feel like the SEO industry kind of tiptoes around. <laughs> so we started, like you said, very similar. You even made more than I did with the 32,000 pounds versus $32,000. But now we look at individuals with your level of experience, and I've seen this many times, you know, managers, directors, they're making maybe 50,000 pounds, mm -hmm. where that role could be worth anywhere from, say, Seventy-five to one hundred and fifty thousand mm -hmm. dollars. I'd love to sorry in the U.S. I'd love to hear from you. What do you think contributes to this discrepancy in pay between the U.S. and the U.K.? I should say. Yeah, I think it's a it's a very unusual one. I think um, like we had kind of spoken about the healthcare is probably a big contributing factor, but my genuine experience and this is just you know personal opinion not not a fact or anything but i've worked with both us uh, companies and uk companies and there are only a very select few uh, companies within the uk that uh, really get the kind of at least in my experience that really understands how seo works and i feel like the us in general are ahead of us in the sense of they understand the the kind of art and the skill set that goes into it a little bit more um they definitely respect experience a little bit more over in the states i, I from my from my um, experience and like you said you know i think at an agency in particular a manager role you're probably looking at less than forty thousand forty five thousand pounds again it's been a couple of years since i've been in, in an agency so that might have gone up a little bit now but compared to some of the job roles I'm seeing in, in the US where like managers or directors or even seniors are getting, like you said, 75 to hundred. I, I genuinely believe that the US are just a little more um, ahead of us in that sense. And the UK don't, at least the consultants that I've spoken with that have such a good skill set, don't value themselves enough to push for a bigger salary. Sure. No, and that makes perfect sense. I think one thing in hearing that, if they don't necessarily potentially value, and again, this is just more personal thoughts on both yeah. ends here. Do you think, does this transfer into how much you believe agencies are charging their clients? So coming from a 10 year agency career on my side, I've seen everything from your standard $2,000 a month for more of a small uh, business to you know, 20, 30, I even know someone who has a client that's a hundred thousand dollars plus a month mm -hmm. so do you think is there a a gap in what is being charged in the uk for seo versus uh, the united states and that is how it kind of trickles down to pay or what's your thought on that that's a very good um very good question um likewise i've you know i can speak from experience that the some of the budgets that clients are willing to kind of invest in seo especially at kind of enterprise level in the uk is significant you know i've seen budgets 10 20 30 100 000 plus um but that does not translate into salary so i think the profit margin in the uk might be slightly higher from an agency model perspective 
Um, now, that's obviously not everybody. I'm sure there are agencies that have paid or do pay their staff very well. Um, but from my experience, the budget definitely doesn't reflect in people's salaries. Um, and that is from kind of junior level right through to managerial level. So, yeah, it's a very it's a very interesting one. I don't know if that's just because um, cost of living where where I am is quite low um, sure. versus bigger cities like London, Manchester, Liverpool are quite expensive to live in. So I don't know. It's, it's a it's a peculiar one. Um, I definitely think some UK companies do invest in the ratio quite heavily and agencies do benefit from that. I just think, and this is, I mean, I've spoken to a lot of agency owners in the UK. People are jumping from agency to agency right now because of the potential of earning more money up front. I don't know if that's similar to the US. Yeah, so you literally just nailed the last question I was going to say. Is like in the US here, it's very common to job hop, you know, I'll just arbitrarily say every two years. And mm -hmm. a lot of people are doing that because you can either get two, three, four percent cost of living increases to your salary, or you can leave and potentially get 10%. You know, yeah, that's probably one of my biggest regrets. You know, looking back at my agency career is I was always so loyal to the company to a fault where, mm -hmm. you know, I could have easily made more, you know, if I had moved. But, you know, it, it's interesting. I kind of had thought maybe that wasn't the instance uh, at, in the UK, but sounds like that is very similar. I think I definitely think so now. I think this kind of um, COVID has kind of prompted an explosion in PR, SEO, kind of fields and yeah. with like the rise of people that are going freelance and earning you know decent money you know it, it, it compa in comparison to what they could earn as a full-time employee has maybe done two things one is helped people understand that you know there is more out there for this for them to go and achieve mm -hmm. and two if they are considering you know leaving an agency or an in-house position that there is the demand out there and, and people will invest in them that makes a lot of sense. And the one thing I'll just add on and we'll jump on to our next topic is I talked to quite a few people who are interested in the idea of freelancing. And one of the first conversations I have with them is you need to kind of understand the amount of effort and success you'll have to make up for that salary. Yeah. Um, from if you're in the UK or even take my first salary, making up 32, 40, maybe even $50,000 is a lot easier that could be taking one two three clients as a freelancer and making more than you ever had before but what's interesting is i would almost be a bigger advocate for anybody who is considering freelancing over in the uk or let's just say not the us because if you truly have 10 years of experience and you're making the equivalent on the high end of 50 grand if you have the ability to sell and communicate I'm going to go on the record and say, like, I can almost guarantee that you're going to make more than you are currently. Do you know what? I will back you on that, Nick, 100%. <laughs> yes, that's very interesting. So we'll move on to a, a different topic here. But for anybody who's listening, please feel free to, to comment on the SEOfreelancer.com or tag Ryan and myself on Twitter. <laughs> the topic that we don't people talk about it but i swear we only scratch the surface so i want to hear more about what people think 
Yeah, for sure. So, Ryan, this is a really good segue. And I think I know the answer to this, but, you know, so you're working at, you know, the agency, you have the experience, you're obviously good at what you're doing. But what was it that just kind of made you say, I'm going to do this, I'm going freelance full time, I'm done, you know, everything you said you enjoyed and loved about agency life, I'm, I'm done, I got to do this myself. <laughs> Yeah, uh, like I think the truth, the, the the truth of the matter is, is that when I first started out in SEO, I loved it. I was obsessed with it, and that was the case for you know the first year at the agency. But agency life for for anybody who hasn't been in this world or been in that world before can get very hectic and very overwhelming. And you get to a certain stage where you just feel like you're part of a part of it like a conveyor belt so you 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 get assigned a task or something you have to deliver for the client and then you pass it on and there was never this sense of I kind of lost the sense of fulfillment and purpose in my role and um I became friends with uh Craig Campbell uh, uh you know awesome awesome dude and I went up to see him. We met for the first time. He kind of showed me this, you know, the allure of being your own boss and what it does for you. And I had kind of toyed with the idea for two years and never had the balls to do it. <laughs> and it's it's the it's the, the the truth of the matter is if you're if you're skilled and you've got experience and you make a leap and you want to become a freelancer, what's the worst that can happen? That like you go back and get another job. Right. And I finally understood that to be the truth. And I was like, if this doesn't work, so what? I'll go back to get another job. I'll try again in six months. Um, but at least I gave it a shot. And I think that's one of the big benefits to freelancing in the search space, you know, whether it be paid or, or you know, let's just call it digital as a whole. I think when people think of entrepreneurship, you know, they think of the amount of money that it takes up front and time and SEO specifically, I'll speak to kind of what you and I do. It's a lot of sweat equity. Mm -hmm. And I've always joked, I even told my wife when I made the decision or when we made the decision together, it's like, oh, poor me, you know, if freelancing doesn't work, I have to go find another six figure, you know, <laughs> SEO agency job. Like, you know, life is so hard. <laughs> but and I think what I mean from that is like I don't mean to be put upon or you know ungracious of the opportunity, but there's very little reason to not give it a shot if it's mm -hmm. something you're interested in. So I just completely understand what you're saying and and why you would want to do it. Yeah, and I'll even give you kudos because you know what you say you didn't have the you didn't think you'd have the guts to do it. I made every excuse in the book i had to get literally fired during covid to be able to finally put my foot down and say i'm done i'm gonna do this <laughs> i can almost guarantee you and i am embarrassed to say this that had i not gotten fired i might have to be in a chair somewhere right now instead of talking <laughs> to you so kudos to you <laughs> likewise man we, we both made the jump and i think um we both saw the other side of what success looked like for sure so I think this is a, a really good segue again. So we just talked about how, especially in the UK, the nine to five obviously has its benefits, probably not making so much, mm -hmm. but you still are kind of a lord. You, you still think about it. You know, you, you and I have talked offline. We talked a little bit before this. 
and you're even willing to talk about now, but why would you want to go back nine to five? You could make your salary in one month. You know, you're your own boss. I feel like, you know, a lot of people, including myself, we sit there and say, it's like, I'm never going back. I'm not working for the man. Yeah. So walk us through that a little bit. Like, I want to hear a little bit more what it is about nine to five that just isn't leaving your mind, you know, like a lot of freelancers hope. <laughs> yes, it's kind of um, counterintuitive or a little bit weird to be in that mind space, especially, you know, from where I was to where I am now. and genuinely and i know this is going to sound kind of like a i don't know maybe like a, a humble brag or something like that. it's definitely not meant in this way but the money side of things initially when i wanted to when i started out freelancing was like the the sole motivator i wanted to earn money i wanted to earn x amount and i thought it would change my life forever and there is a point where the money stops being such um such a big deal and it's more about your kind of quality of life, your headspace, your ability to switch off. Um, and, you know, I, I think I wouldn't ever go back to, um, if I'm honest, I would never go back to an agency environment. But what I would consider is falling in love with a brand and helping that brand become, you know, a, a giant in the space. And I think it would take a fantastic brand for me to ever consider doing that but the if it was ever to present itself i would definitely take that opportunity even if it meant i was making you know a fraction of what i am now because i've kind of matured past the point of i say that's probably not entirely true because i still chase more money and more clients now but i've kind of matured in a place where i'm happy to live comfortably and love what I do and also work for somebody else. But I think I might be wrong, but because of the places, this is probably the same for you. The place where we are in our careers as freelancers provides us with a very good platform to not necessarily work for somebody, but work with somebody in a brand. Absolutely. And I think you nailed it. You know, I came in very hot. I know even when you and I talked offline, I was like, why would you even do this? You know, <laughs> it was going so great. But I think you honestly nailed it. Like one of the biggest benefits of freelancing, again, I'll speak on my experience, is I don't feel like I necessarily come in as a contractor because I take projects on where I feel like I get to be a legitimate partner. And if mm -hmm. you aren't valuing me at a similar level or role that you're in, then we probably aren't working well. Yeah. But so to your point, maybe it's less about truly going back and I'm air quoting here, you know, the nine to five, but a brand that you can fall in love with, potentially build. And I will add because I do personally like to chase the money. But if you could even get equity mm -hmm. in stuff like that too, I can definitely see why that could be really appealing. Because one thing that I'm trying to do with the SEO freelancer here is give a little bit more of a well-rounded view to freelancing. Because yeah. I think it's very exciting, similar to how we kicked off this conversation. You know, making forty thousand pounds a month when people, you know, with ten years of experience are making forty thousand pounds a year. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the exciting part. But what people don't always talk about are the stressors of freelancing. To yeah. be able to make 
40,000 pounds or however much it's just replacing now with whichever you know works for you it requires managing your clients and setting expectations and turnover and doing your taxes and if you're in the u.s you know health insurance which by the way i spent eighteen thousand dollars a year <laughs> paying for so i am ranting now but and i want to give you an opportunity right like walk us through a little bit more like what do you think you get a little bit of a reprieve from if you were to go back to the nine to five i think that's a, a, a excellent excellent question and my it's it's an unusual one so when you like i said at an agency you, you're balancing a lot of things you're being pushed from pillar to post you've got 10 different industries that you're managing at any one time and you kind of have to it sounds easy to people that don't work in this line of uh what well, don't do seo or anything digital marketing related it's really difficult or mentally taxing to jump from you know finance into retail into uh i don't know what cannabis or whatever you've got a kind of and they're all different clients all different personalities all different budget spends so you have to you're all day kind of balancing between a bunch of different um people and and stresses and levels of uh input so when i think about oh if i you know if i could work on one brand and just be in love with it and this is my sole focus and i can execute on it exactly how i want to like the reprieve from me is to be honest mental headspace like i haven't got to think about a million different things in a different in a million different industries i can think about one thing and focus my attention on it and kind of get back to that point where you're you know completely engrossed in what you do day in day out and you can focus on it all of the time I really like that, as everyone has now heard, and I was very vocal to you, Ryan. I came into this and was like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? You know, us freelancers, we got to stick together. <laughs> but I will admit, I'll take a step back and say, everything that you said is exactly why I may consider a role in-house as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't really see it happening anytime soon, but I think first and foremost, you and I both would agree if there's ever a day where the money does dry up or something does happen, again, be able to fall back into a role like that where you could fall in love with a brand and have the support of a larger company would be great. Yeah. But I think all the juggling, there's just so much juggling when it comes <laughs> to freelance life. And you and I were talking offline too. It, it's actually really interesting to hear that you agreed with me because I said I feel like I'm actually the most stressed out when I have the least amount of deliverables. Whereas <laughs> when I'm, you know, constantly going and it's check boxes and checklists and invoicing and all that, you almost don't have time to be stressed out. Yeah, that's that's so so true. Like when you have those moments of quote unquote peace, mm -hmm. it's normally when you start to overthink every little part of your job. So um you know i don't know how you feel your time when you run into that my issue is when i have these kind of uh down periods is i look like you said i you look for stuff to do mm -hmm. like should i be doing this am i providing value to the clients by not doing you know the extra eight hours today when everything's complete already so i think it's definitely a balancing act you have to really understand your value at a top level 
Um, and if you start to question that, you will drive yourself, and me and you have spoken about this, you will drive yourself insane, worrying if you are doing the right thing. Very true. And admittedly, <laughs> to what you were saying, you know, what do you do with that time? And I'm either doing exactly what you said. It's like you're nitpicking these sites and trying to help out. You know, we're giving just a little bit extra to the client, which isn't adding significant value. So that's where I am spending more time on branding and personal projects, you know, things like mm -hmm. this, this podcast, you know, this yep. is fun. I enjoy meeting like-minded individuals. I like helping people that are on the edge of whether they should freelance or not. It's productive time that otherwise I'd just be kind of sitting in that headspace <laughs> and who knows what I'd be doing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you started this. It's uh, I think it's an awesome, awesome platform and an awesome idea. So big thanks to you, Nick, for this. Absolutely. So with that said, so now we've talked a little bit about freelancing is awesome, but maybe <laughs> there'd be a day where I'm not freelancing. So we're kind of doing that jumping back and forth. <laughs> Ryan, what advice would you give to somebody regardless if they're in the uk or the united states wherever if they wanted to freelance what advice would you give them my my biggest piece of advice is if you are one of those people that genuinely has always wanted to try it or you've always wanted to kind of be your own boss in any uh, aspect of of work whether that's SEO, digital marketing, it could be that you want to just, you know, be a, a content writer full time or, you know, whatever it might be. If you think about it enough and it doesn't go away, I highly recommend that you do it. But I would never put myself in a, a, a position where it has um, too much risk. So by that, I mean, if you have the freedom or the luxury of a nine to five job that's paying you every single month, and you're able to, you know, from seven until 11 at night, work on your network, work on your a personal brand, work on a side project, and kind of get a feel for what it's going to be like if you were to ever do this full time. That would be the best route I would recommend because you kind of ease that stress of, I'm getting a salary one minute, and then the next minute I have nothing. And I've also not spent the time building up to this point. So I highly, highly recommend you do that first. Have the, have the framework laid out. Bide three months, six months. It doesn't matter. There's no rush. You've got time. After that six months and you've built up some, uh, some income from your side projects and you feel comfortable, then take that leap. Um, you'll be in a much clearer headspace at that point. I absolutely love that advice because I can tell you, as I've been very vocal about I got fired and I didn't have a whole ton of, you know, backup money or slush fund. You know, I just, I always had thought, you know, I'm a high performer. There's no reason, you know, SEO is a very progressive forward thinking marketing initiative. There's no way I'm going to lose my job unless, you know, I say something stupid, which I guess <laughs> is always a risk with me, but you know, I always thought that that'd be, you know, the, the case. So I started out with kind of a, I cannot fail mentality, but yep. what that led to was taking on projects that I shouldn't have, yep. things that weren't paying very well, you know, probably got a little bit bullied by some clients. And I think everything you just said, not only building a backup, you know, whether it's 
literally cash in the bank or if you have another you know you have your nine to five job every everything ryan said is is so perfect and you know i i would agree with them a hundred percent right on that <laughs> note yeah absolutely on, on that note i think that's one thing we didn't talk about was did you create a slush fund did you doing freelance you know part-time in addition to your full-time role yeah so um funnily enough i i, I didn't when I first started doing um, kind of freelance projects, they weren't SEO specific. So they were kind of, I would do a web build for 700 uh, pounds and try and tack on SEO as like a, you get this as well. <laughs> so I kind of did that for a little while. Like it was probably a year and I'm going to be frank. I'm a, I'm a terrible, terrible web designer. <laughs> so like, it just doesn't, I just don't connect with it. And, um, but anyway, it allowed me to have, you know, a, a little bit of a safety net in the bank so that if anything did go wrong or I didn't get any work in the first three, three-ish months, um, I was kind of covered for my bills. Sure. Um, but kind of, you know, luckily and thankfully, I, I, within the first 30 to 45 days was able to, you know, not need that extra cash. Congratulations. And that's awesome. I think we hear a lot of horror stories of people, you know, struggling. And but when you figure it out, and you know what you're doing, and you're good at what you're doing, it just shows how incredibly valuable this skill set is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Ryan, you did you already gave us some really good advice for people that want to potentially start freelancing, whether it be full time or part time. Do you have any particular resources books individuals that you would recommend that people check out or follow yes i do i think you are in an immediate choice um i was you know <laughs> i was i'm absolutely suit like suit like fanboying out a little bit when we finally got to speak <laughs> if i'm super honest so I you know. to say that guys i promise <laughs> <laughs> um i think there's a couple of a, a couple of other really good people in the industry that I, I enjoy following. Um, Steve Toth is one of them. Um, Aleda Solis is another. Um, who else? Eli Schwartz, who is I'm a big fan of as well. Um, I think those, uh, it's really difficult. There's probably like hundreds that I can, I can remember if I looked at my Twitter, but off top of my head, those are the guys that I was looking at when I wanted to make this jump. Um, course wise and book wise i've read product led seo which is great uh course wise i've done them all so <laughs> affiliate hacker income school etc etc so i can't really give a super uh positive or confident recommendation to these courses um just yet but for anybody that is kind of looking to to dig into this what i would i would recommend if you've already got a skill set in seo or whatever the skill set is that you have i would look into the kind of um admin and legal aspect of being a freelancer so handling contracts handling personal income uh, your taxes all of this kind of stuff you have to know and understand if you can get a wrap on that before you kind of get into this uh, into this game you'll be a hundred steps ahead of what I was when I started. Right. And again, you know, this is a, a 
theme here where this continues. <laughs> I love what you're you're saying, but you're so right. Being able to optimize the title tag and build a link and submit a sitemap, you know, that's one skill set. But to be able to run a business, a lot of people have never had to do that. Mm -hmm. So just doubling down on what he said, yeah, you know, I love the idea of talking to an account, make sure you get your books in order, because that probably is one of my constant stresses because I'm not an expert in that field. I can yep. migrate the largest of largest websites, but you want me to balance my business book? Yeah. <laughs> I hear but, you, man. It's such a pain. I hear you on that one. <laughs> well, Ryan, thank you so much for your time today. This was an amazing conversation. For anybody who's listening today, what is the best way for them to be able to connect with you? Uh, the best way to get a hold of me is uh, either LinkedIn or Twitter. So my Twitter handle is search for Ryan. And my LinkedIn, if you just search for Ryan Durrani, you should be, hopefully there's no one else with my name. I'm not sure there is. It's an unusual last name. Um, so if you search for Ryan Durrani, I'm on LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, Nick, I have to say it's been absolutely awesome speaking to you today. I'm so glad we got to do this. And, um, yeah, thanks again, dude. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you. And I will put all those links as well as a link to his homepage as well in the notes below. But Ryan, again, thank you so much. Appreciate it. And I'll see everybody else later. Thanks, Nick.